Welcome to Habs Unfiltered. This independent podcast is featured on the Hockey Writers and iHeartRadio, bringing you honest and unfiltered entertainment and discussion on the Montreal Canadiens and hockey news. Your hosts, Matt Smith, Treg Wilson, and Blaine Putney are proud to be one of your trusted sources. If you are talking about it, so are we. Welcome to Habs Unfiltered, episode 349. I'm your host, Blaine Putvey, and I'm joined now by my co-host, Matt Smith. Good evening. And Treg, I'm finally wearing a shirt, Wilson. What's up? Well, not much. You know, nothing happened here. It's been a quiet day. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Draft lottery. You know, nothing big. Basketball? Basketball? Is that a sport? Oh, I thought it was a basketball draft lottery. Nothing happens in hockey. (laughs) No, no, nothing at all. Well, skipping over all that crap, let's just dive right into it. Um, Yeah, so the draft lottery happened. Uh, The uh, Canadians remain at fifth. And Chicago, who went full tank and cheated, uh, finished first. (laughs) They they did go full tank, but so did Anaheim, so... (laughs) So sometimes it sometimes it doesn't pay off. Sometimes it doesn't pay off. Well, I mean, you you compare the two teams. <clears throat> Anaheim still kept all its young uh, young talented players, where Chicago just traded them away. Yeah. Uh, although Montreal does thank them. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But you know what? You're jumping right into it, you know, you give up a um, a veteran player like Patrick Kane, who again didn't do much when it came in. Uh, being traded to the Rangers and then they're stepping away from Jonathan Taves, like to, to, to get Bedard you know, given up the, really the, the faces of your franchise. It's uh it's going to be kind of a new wave in Chicago. I'm, I'm like a lot of people are going to say that they don't deserve the pick with everything that went on and the scandal and all that kind of stuff. But what's done. I, 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 I'm not going to say what's done is done, but that's how the NHL looks at it, right? And it's it's not like they're going to take the pick away from them. So I understand that there's a lot of people out there right now that are heated that didn't want to see Chicago get this pick, but it's the system that they have. The pick was never taken from them. And uh, Connor Bedard's going to the but that's that's house. just the thing, Matt. Maybe that's something the NHL should start looking at for things like this. Is that's say, true. All right. That's true because it does happen in other sports. In other yeah. sports like the NFL and uh, Major League Baseball, you lose picks. Yeah, you, that's you true. know, that's uh, true. London, London lost picks in the OHL there because of, no Niagara. Sorry, Niagara right. lost picks in the right. OHL because of what happened uh, with three of their players. Right. So not, why can't the NHL say the right, not, right? Not saying it's the right thing. Right, not saying that's no, right no. I, I know what you're saying. Like, I get. It. I'm, I'm just. What I'm stating is, is, uh, yeah, the, the NHL doesn't do that. So Chicago win gets the draft pick. There, you know, nothing you can do about it. Right. Yeah. It's, it's rules of rule the way it is. But maybe NHL should start looking at that as saying, hey, listen, you guys screwed the pooch here, right? right? And you allowed yeah. this to happen. You're gonna lose the next two draft picks, right? Or whatever, yeah. or yeah. the next pick, or you know, whatever. And then maybe teams will be more accountable for their actions. Right. Well, especially right. when, when you're uh, actually basically convicted of 
allowing one of your own players to be sexually assaulted and covering it up. Like yeah. it's, it's bad enough that the, the, the assault happened, yeah. but then you went into a, ma a major cover up for several years. Right. And it'd be totally different if the assault happened, they didn't know about it and it came out later and they're like, Holy shit. Like, why didn't you tell us? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But that's not how it happened. It right. was like, they no. knew like, well, we're on a Stanley cup run right now. Let's wait and see what happens after we see where we finish. Yeah. And I that's, did, I, that's and why I, I didn't mean the comment to bring up this whole thing all over well, again, yeah. but people are already talking about it. Right. So thought I'd at least. That is the motto of the there. show. Yeah. <laughs> thought I'd at um, least put it in there right so but i mean i, I know that's not the rule uh, i know that's that's not the way it works but if there were to be a, a situation in the nhl when it was warranted to lose picks this would be one of those times i mean if you like like Treg said if you really want to create change really really create change you punish the teams with draft picks owners do not want that to happen they will jump on board and right. make whatever changes necessary right. to avoid that financial loss. Because if they would have lost a draft pick, it would have been this one. Yeah. Like this is massive. Connor Bedard going to Chicago. You may as well just start printing money. Right. You lose that pick. That's yeah. not so good. So ah, Bedard's going to be the next Alexander Dag. <laughs> I'll throw a positive heard... out there for the situation. Mm -hmm um luke richardson you know he's a well-respected coach he gets a really 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 good young player who has no one to play with yeah yeah <laughs> all right so i mean sure i mean chicago gets to pick it's really going to help their rebuild but it will who does it he will, have to play it, with? It will, and there's going to be guys that are going to want to go there to play with this kid. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, as now, unless they go out and start spending money on free agents or start bringing in players like who's Anathusiel or whatever you say his name, is that who he's going to play with? Like, like he's a free agent as well. Yeah, uh, Elizabeth Mullen, so, who's watching the show right now, she uh, she made a good point. Arizona got picks taken away for less. Yeah. Yes, yes, they did. Yeah. Look at Beth. Look at our American little friend there with her knowledge <laughs> of American I'm stuff. To, I was trying to keep it under wraps. I didn't want everyone to know it was Beth from Happy Hour. <laughs> oh, I mean, not Beth from Happy Hour, but some <laughs> other Elizabeth Mullen who lives in. Well, I mean, Saskatchewan. Virginia. Yeah, <laughs> Saskatchewan. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I didn't want to go name dropping, you know. What? What's right? You should name drop Beth. It's better dropping her on her head. So, <laughs> so right now, we know Bernard's going number one. It's it's well, yeah. Fucking, we maybe, know that we maybe. Right, we know we know this is happening. Can we he say drop the fifth because of his height? Yeah. Can we say Fantilli? <laughs> Fantilli's a lock at two. Fantilli's a lock at so. two to the Ducks. Yeah. This is when it gets interesting after that in, in, in going to number three with, uh, with Columbus, like they could go for Carlson. They go Mitchkov, they go Smith. Like this is, this is the, I say they go, I say they go Mitchkov. Columbus can wait the three years. I, th I think they, I think Mitchkov goes there as well. 
And I'm starting to lean the other way and think that it's not going to be an issue him coming over here in three years. I don't think so either. I don't think it so. It just either. takes we, one we, team. We've seen. It just takes one team to want him. Yeah, we've seen other players do it. Um, maybe not with the same um, pedigree, I guess, or the the hype. But it's 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 doable. There's a lot of other things going around that yes. file. But uh, no, I it, I do see Columbus as a, a team that could be interested in a Mitchkov. They they do need a star, and he's been dubbed the Russian Bedard. So maybe they're enticed to go there. Yeah. Or maybe they go with uh, I don't know an American at uh, one of the American players. I like, could uh, easily I could easily see it being Smith, just given the fact that he is such a good playmaker, but he can still put the puck in the net. You put him with a guy like Goudreau or um, Patrick Lyonne, chances are they're going to pot a couple extra goals. I mean, just think about for it. Centers. Montreal's picking fifth. Yep. They're going to get Carlson, Mitchkoff, or Smith. They should. They end should. Of, end of should. conversation. And and, and the, but this is the thing: if the the if it goes Bedard, Fantilli, Carlson, Smith, and Mitchkov's at five. Do the Canadians pick Mitchkov or I say yes? I I was saying no. Right. <laughs> but now I'm saying yes. Because I, 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 I want to say I want to say yes, they'd make that. He's pick. the BPA. He's could be a franchise changing player. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I and I and I, I think I, that there's a lot more people that than just you that are starting to change their tune. Like uh in in, in terms of that pick. Um, I, I think that if he's available, if it goes, if he's, if he's there at five, given that the other four that I just named are, are all off the board, I, I think that's the pick you have to make. Uh, Mitchkov at five, if he's there, I have a hard time believing that. Who would you, who would you pick? Would like, not, not trying to get confrontational, but who would you pick? Well, I mean, if you're going talent wise, of course, Mitchkov, but I honestly believe that the Canadians are going to avoid that altogether. There's, there's too many question marks. There's too many unknowns. Uh, he's a bit smaller of a player as well. And you know how they want some bigger guys. That's true. So there's all these, all these things are going against him. So who's, who's available at five. I have a player in mind. I have a player in mind that I think that I'm going to say I'd be okay with it. Obviously, he wouldn't be the best player available at that time, but um, for me, it was Ryan Leonard. He kind of he kind of struck me as uh, as a uh, you know a hardworking winger. He did a lot of good stuff during the U18s, uh, create space for his first teammates. Another guy that's going to be going to um, Boston College, put up seventeen points in seven games during the uh, during the U18s, right? So. Um, a guy that one day could possibly be one of those top line players um, that could create space for Suzuki and Caulfield. I think if Smith's gone, Mitchkoff's available. They don't want Mitchkoff. They're taking Dvorsky. Yeah. Yeah. There's smoke, there's fire. And they're, they're talking every insider, actual insider says Montreal's really high on Dvorsky. Um, if they don't take him, they take the defenseman, Ryan Barker. Well, during the World Juniors, when we were 
when we were there, I, yeah. I ran into a couple of the scouts and that they were very high on those two players. Very yeah. high. But see, that's, that's the issue I have. Like, I don't know. I'd rather take the chance on Mitch Goff. He seems more and of a if they're And if they're going after the defenseman at five, why didn't they get Nemec last year in the draft? Instead of Slipkowski. Right. Well, do you really want to take a gamble with a top five pick in this year's draft? Do you want to gamble that uh, that 50-50 chance that he doesn't come over? I don't think it's a 50-50 chance. I think he's coming over after three years. It, it, it's just, or less. I, I did think it was a 50-50 chance. And then the more I, I see and more I see people talk and the more I see Russians, young Russians starting to come over, I agree, not as talented as Mitchkov. Um, the more I think he's he, he'll be here within three years. He is a player that the uh, Russian government would kill to keep. Well, I don't know about that, but <laughs> I, I'm just saying, like conspiracy theories aside, <laughs> right? Um, so, I mean, that's I, I see the pros and cons. I just think if you don't take Mitchkoff at five and you have another, it's just, I don't know. And then all of a sudden he comes to the NHL whenever he gets picked. You just shot yourself in the foot. And you don't want to see that, this that's guy. Just, you don't want to see this guy yeah. blossom as a star if you had the opportunity to see him. And I said I I think they would be silly to pass on him if he's available. But you know what? However, I, I, don't I think, think he goes at three. So it doesn't really matter. I think he's gonna go three or goes at three. Right? I think he's gonna go three four. Whether he goes at three or five, it doesn't like if if he's passed over. By the Canadians, even I do not see him going past Arizona. No, he'll no. go sixth for sure. Yeah, and if he doesn't go six, he's eighth for sure with Washington. No, Washington will scoop yeah. him up in a yeah. heartbeat. In a heartbeat, yeah, yeah. But so uh, re- really, uh, for the Canadians, I, I I don't believe he's in the mix, but I do believe Dvorsky is, Smith is. If Carlson somehow slips, for sure. Benson, maybe, if uh, uh, if everyone else is gone. Uh, I still see Dvorsky over him. I I personally, I, if they're not going to take Mitchkoff, I see Dvorsky as the pick. End of conversation. If Smith, Carlson, and the other two are gone, I mean, Bedard could drop. He's only 5'6", <laughs> so he could drop down. Um, He's not very tall, folks. I stood right next to him. I'm 5'6". And I don't think he was taller than me, but uh, <laughs> Blaine, you were there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's, he's very slight as well. And I wasn't too happy with his talent at the world juniors. His goals weren't very highlight realish to me. I'm just kidding. Kidding. I'm only saying this because I know we're not getting him. <laughs> yeah. The Habs, the Habs dodged a bullet on that one. Yeah, Montreal yeah, dodged Montre- a bullet. Montreal's going to fucking now trade like, Pick five, the Florida pick, and Armia for number one. <laughs> Hoffman, it's Hoffman, Armia, and Gallagher. It's already, it's already done deal. <laughs> yeah, there, there's something that's definitely going to happen. No, but uh, well, there's another uh, question. What do you think it would take for Montreal to get that first overall pick? Oh, Jesus! Does Chicago know. say absolutely? There's no not. way. No. There's no way. An act there's of no God. Way. Yeah, there's no way. It have to be. Think it of it has this. To be the first two first Caulfield. 
just to start the conversation. Yeah. Well, think of it this way that when, when McDavid got drafted and, and then this is, this is supposed to be a fella that's um, just as good, if not better than McDavid when it comes to a prospect ranking, um, Boston, Boston offered them three consecutive first round picks plus, and they never, they never, they never took it. And then they made those picks and they were fucking awful. Right. But except for DeBrus, DeBrus, DeBrus ended up being okay, but. Okay. They they had the 13th, 14th, and 15th picks, and DeBrusque just happened to be okay. Yeah. Out of all those three picks. He was good, but they could have had Kyle Connor. I think it was like Kyle Kyle Connor, Marzell, and Thomas Shabbat with the next three picks. So, but uh, I mean, I want to say good for Richardson. He's going to get a great player. Uh, Chicago's going to have to surround him with someone because there's really nobody there. Um, I would like to see Montreal. I would. I wanted them to sneak into at least the bottom three because then you're almost guaranteed. You know who they're taking. Um, are you disappointed though? But are you disappointed that they? No, nope, it's exactly where I. It's exactly where I thought they would be. If they would have been sixth or seventh, then I would have been disappointed. Yeah. I, it, I, it does I get felt... mud, it does get muddier after five. Yeah, I kind of felt kind of like a kind of a weight off of me when I saw Arizona come out six. Yeah. I was just like, thank fuck it's not them, right? <laughs> so well, when I seen Arizona at six, I was like, oh, Montreal. Yeah, like, no, they, that's exactly fourth. It, like, this, right? that's, that's exactly. what I was, and then all of a sudden well, they couldn't be fourth. Started. They couldn't be like, fourth. Ah, shit. They couldn't be fourth. Well, I, I think a big winner in this this draft as well, uh, this draft lottery is uh, Anaheim. They they end up with Fantilli. And they have McTavish already. They've got Strom, uh, Zegris. They've got a lot of really good young talent. Yep. And adding him to the mix, I mean, their their center depth is ridiculous. Yeah. Now, with the Canadians at five, uh, Treg, you mentioned Brian Leonard. I would be I would be okay with that pick Matt at did. five. I mean, was it Matt? Or yeah, I thought Matt you said it. Brian. Okay. <laughs> Man, you guys look so I much alike. <laughs> I went way no, off the board. I'll take, uh, I'll take my shirt off for the for the next yeah. show. <laughs> no, but uh, with Leonard, I mean, he's he's a guy who he's supposedly a passenger on Will Smith's line, but he looks more like the driver. You watch that U eighteen, and he was the he was the player going into the corners, digging pucks out, making plays, doing all the heavy lifting on that that line yep. playing a bit of a, a power a power style of almost power forward game yeah he's got a little bit of size to him uh yep. i think it's skate like a be, son of a bitch too exactly yep. i don't think he would be a bad pick at, at five no i really don't no um i know craig button during the u18s um compared him to like a travis connectney yeah yeah i can see that right. Kind of, sort of. So, like, the, the, like, it's, and it's not like the guy can't put the pocket in the net. He scored fifty-one goals this year, um, for the USDP, right? Now, what if the Canadians do go off the board and go with Reinbacher? How will will Twitter crash? I think it's too because much because of the Flames. I think it's too much of a reach. With 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 what's available at, within the top five, 
uh, passing on Carlson, Smith, or Mitchkov. I, I don't think you do it. Right. I think you bet on, I think you bet on the defenseman that you have coming up in your system. And um, if they keep, say, say if they keep that, uh, that Florida pick, which is now likely looking like an end of the uh, end of the first round pick. And then their next pick will be 37, I believe. Um, grab a defenseman, maybe at the end of the round, possibly use it to get a top rated goalie, etc. But I, I, nothing against Reinbacher. I thought he looked good at the juniors as well. I just think he's too much of a reach with with the with the players available and like people have been wrong before we saw it with uh cider everyone when when he was picked everyone's like what the fuck and we've seen how good of a defense i mean he's turned into i just i wouldn't i wouldn't pass on smith mishkoff or carlson i uh i think twitter's going to implode if they pick Dvorsky regardless because I don't think the problem is, is a lot of people out there, they don't watch the players. They watch a couple highlights here and there. And they, and they see this one guy dangling and they see, and it's always a good highlight, but I mean, and, and, and like, I guess this goes to guys like Grant, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, the French guy there, Oliver, uh, Baudin, um, the the friend he, he does the Oliver uh, Bodan or whatever his name is uh, yeah the snake snake Bovan? no no and it, it, he's just a regular Twitter guy he's not like a anyway okay yeah, uh, anyway. they they actually go out and they watch games and they watch like the entire series they don't just watch the highlights and I think what a, a lot of people is they watch highlights and they go oh look at that guy he looks so awesome in his highlights. And that guy doesn't look awesome in his highlights. Well, that guy's better than that guy. Right. And I don't think they really, they don't scout. And, and, and that, and that's the problem. And then they make their choices. So Dvorsky isn't going to be a highlight reel type player. He's a North South. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's going to play a good 200 foot game. He's going to get you goals. He's going to get you assists. He's going to play well, but he's not going to be flashy. Right. And people don't like not flashy. So yeah. as soon as they see that, they're like, oh, or they look at the world junior. Oh, well, he only had four points. Right. I'm I not, saw, saying, I'm I not saw, saying that's saw, what Dvorsky had. I don't yeah. remember what points he had, but yeah. you know what I mean? It's oh, more than well. a point per game. Yeah. But I, I saw I saw him. I saw him playing him play. in a shutdown role. Yeah, I saw him play yeah, against yeah. the Finns, and I, I thought that he I thought he played well. Well, we watched him in the world juniors in Halifax and Moncton, and he looked excellent there. He was playing a he was playing a two-way game. He was playing the shutdown role. He was their top center. He was he was producing offensively. He actually helped Slovakia nearly knock off the Canadians, if not for Bedard. Then in the U18s, all of a sudden he's got all kinds of points. Well, that's because he's playing against his peers at this point. Right, right. He, he's, he's a not, young. But he but he's used to play. He's played for AIK, which is the Swedish men's league, right? So he's used to playing. Sure. Right, he's used to playing against the men. Um, I, but that's I, I just th- it too. He's playing in the Swedish men's league, and he's not raking up all these points because yeah. he's seventeen. Yeah. And people are like, "Oh, well, this guy's no good. He right. only got thirteen points, thirty games." But if you right. watch him play, you watch him play several games. You notice 
you notice things. He's an excellent skater. He's an unbelievably good skater. He's very strong on his feet. He's already six foot one, two oh five. He's he's already got NHL size. He's already got NHL right. strength, and it's only going to get stronger. His skating's excellent. His defensive acumen is, I would say, elite for this draft class. Right. Compared to his draft class, um, I I look at him and I see a little bit of what Taze was going into his draft year. Right. He's someone that's going to. He's not going to be a guy that puts up a ton of points, but he's going to impact the game at every level outside of that. He'll shut down other players. He'll be able to put up 50, 60 points and shut down their top centers. I just don't know what his ceiling is. I'm not sure what his ceiling is. Is he a 2C? Is he a, uh, like a strong 3C? Like I, 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 1B, perhaps. Right? I, don't, I just don't know what his ceiling is. Like, the I, thing I, is, though... I was just going to say Montreal doesn't need a 56 two-way center, 50 points, 60 points. They need an 80 to 90 to 100 point score. Exactly. So this is this is why if they pick Dvorsky, people are going to be upset about it, especially if Mitchkov's available. And this is why yeah. I'm leaning more to Mitchkov. It's yeah. because they don't have – they already have a 50 to 60 point center in Suzuki. Well, 60 to 70, right? Yeah. They don't need another one. They need a – star to elite player they that's what they need they need to draft one slavkoski i don't think slavkoski is a bad draft i think he's no. going to become a, a great player but he's not going to be an elite player he's not going to be a you know 50 goal 80 point guy he's going to be a 25 maybe 30 goal 60 point guy right right caulfield 50 goal 70 point guy because he, he's not going to get a lot of assists. Suzuki, maybe 80 points, maybe, right? Um, so Doc, if he really turns around, could be a 70-point guy. Right. Um, but that's just it. You don't have that, this guy is going to steal a game for you. This guy is going to, you know, get you the 80, 90, maybe 100 points. Offense is going up in the NHL, and Montreal's not going up with it. And yeah. that's the problem. So fans are just tired of getting, oh, but he's a great two-way forward. Oh, but he's a great two-way forward, which you do need, but you can't build your team on great two-way forwards. Well, you need if, that if, star player. If Mitchkov is still not the guy they pick, and I still don't think he is, um, why not? Um, why not Oliver Moore? Or Gabe Perot? Well, Oliver Moore is a center. He plays. Uh, he plays at a high pace. He he generates a ton of points. He probably would have had a lot more points uh, playing in the uh, U.S. and TDP and in the U18s had he been on the top line instead of the second line because Will Smith was up there, and that line was just eating up all the minutes offensively, power play. So there's a guy who's got some offensive acumen, who plays at a high pace, who has good speed. All things the Canadians want, and he's got the he's got the skill level to become a, an eighty point player, seventy yeah. to eighty. Is that good enough to offset the loss of Mitchkov? 
I, I mean, I'm just going by fan views. I'm not going by my own personal or whatever. But I think this is why guys like Dvorsky and stuff like that, they sit there and go, oh, my God, like, we can't pick that guy. Like, we're, it's because we need that elite player. We need that player that we know is going to go on the ice and make a difference every time he gets on the ice. Uh, and we really, I mean, Caulfield sort of, right? I'm not taking away from Caulfield. Caulfield's on the cusp of that, I think. Caulfield, because Caulfield can... for me is is anytime we, anytime they have a power play, I'm like, we get a chance. I'm getting, yeah. I'm get, I'm I'm starting to get to that level with him. Right? He is a game breaker. Yeah. Because of his scoring acumen. Yeah. yeah. As as long as you don't, as long as the you don't use him as the only attack on the power play. Right. Because if you like the first of the season, they used him as the only attack on the power play, so they just played Caulfield and was like, all right, all. All you other guys can do what you want because we know you're just going to try to pass it to him. Right. Um, I gotta he gotta figure out the Ovechkin hidden whatever he does. Yeah. Like Ovechkin <laughs> just kind of disappears and stands. He literally just stands like this on the circle, and that's it. And everyone's like, ah, he won't score. <laughs> and then every time he scores, like I don't get it. I really don't get it. Like I, I don't know if Putin got their families like <laughs> hostage while he's playing the other teams or something, but. I, I don't understand. So I don't understand. So the pick that's now going to be at the end of the draft, more than likely, unless, pick. yeah, unless, uh, unless Toronto wins four straight. Um, well, before we get to that, before we talk about who the, who's there and whatnot, what's yeah, available. Yeah. Um, are you, would you rather Florida somehow lost this series and Montreal got the 17th pick or are you happy to just see the, the Leafs lose and you don't I'm, care? I, you know what? I, I picked, I picked Tampa to win the first round. Um, but now that I look at it, I, it might actually be better for the organization that they get swept in round two because everything, every, there was so much hype after they won that series, everyone jumping around and fucking Nathan Phillips square. And they're like, Oh, we, we want Florida. We want Florida and everything. And they got what they wanted and uh, it hasn't worked out for them yet. But I think that for the Toronto franchise losing in four games in the second round is probably gonna be the best thing for them because their big guys haven't come to play yet. Mainly Matthews, Marner, Nylander, Tavares. None of them have a goal three games in. And one uh, point between all four of them. And uh, point. this is this this is kind of like time to shake up the organization a little bit, not just with the players on the ice, but with the guys making the decisions in the uh, in the press box. Well, that that overtime goal in game three is the epitome of what we've been saying about the Leafs for years. Yeah. The, extremely talented. Absolutely. Soft as melted butter. Well, yep. it, it was the guy coming around the net, and he's like, "Well, I'm not going to play him, but I'm not going to. I'm just going to stand here and watch him. That's, yeah. that's all. That, that's all they did. And he just swung it around, and scored. Mile, well, mind you, Samsonov got injured, so they had to go with their third yep. string goalie. Yep. I don't I've, know what's going on with Murray, but I. I, I oh, go ahead, Matt. No, I was just going to say I, I've lived in Ontario since 2007. And I've made so many friends over the years that are Leafs fans. And a lot of them are saying the same thing as I am. The best thing for the organization would be them to lose in a dramatic fashion. So changes can be made at the front office. But that, that shouldn't have happened last year. or the year It should have. It should have. Or the year before that. It should have. 
but right. this is but this right. year you get out of the first round which was you beat up on a on a on a you know a, honestly it was a beat down Tampa team um they they just did not have it they the their their stars didn't come to play they were playing injured etc and I'm not making excuses for them but they didn't have it they didn't have it this time and then Toronto comes into the second round against a team that just knocked off the best team in the league um, that put up historic numbers this year. And all of a sudden you're in a three, nothing hole. Like this is, this is when this is this, this, this is when people get fired. Well, we've said this on the show many times, Blaine said it, I've said it. Toronto needs at least an Eastern conference final or a Stanley cup final for everyone to keep their job. Um, I would say a Stanley Cup final. Right. Um, I thought the deadline moves by Toronto were good. Yeah. I thought they kind of went out and got what they sort of needed. Um, but the problem goes back to the fact that they're paying three people over $10 million and they can't plug the hole. They need grit and strength and the top six, not the bottom six. Yeah. You know what I mean? They they need it in the top six, and that's where they're where they're losing. However, to go to your question, Blaine, I wanted the 17th pick. The 17th pick to me is worth more than the, the later picks. I think it would be easier to trade that pick if you wanted to trade it because it's in the top 20. Um, once you get to the 29th, which is where it's going to be likely, at least starting, right? Starting, yeah. 29th, 32. Yeah. Um, then you're looking at basically a second round pick. So teams yeah. are going to be like, well, that's that's basically just a second round pick. It's not really worth well, as much to us as it was. With the Canadians picking at 37, and let's say they dropped a Florida win. Let's say Florida somehow pulls out a victory in round two. Now that they're up three nothing in the series, right. there's a possibility they win. So let's yeah. say they win. So you have 29, 37. Uh, so let's say 29. They're in. Tw- yeah. They're at 29. Um, falling from 17 to 29 could be seen as a positive. I mean, I, I agree with you. I'd rather 17 for all the reasons you stated. But there could be a silver line into the 29 because then the Canadians will be forced to uh, look at drafting a goaltender or they'll be able to pick a, a right-handed D-man like a, a Dracevich. Right. Instead of trying to reach at five for Reinbacher. I don't think they reach at five for Reinbacher. But if they had 17... You'd pick if they had 17, there's a chance Reinbacher could have been there. True. True. And that's why I would rather True. the 17. True. Yeah. So you have 17. So if you want to trade for, say, PLD, 17th pick looks a lot better than the 29th pick to Winnipeg. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yep. Or anyone else you want to trade it. Or you sit there and go, hey, we got a chance to get a really good right-handed defenseman in the top 20. Right. Right? Whether it's Reinbacher or somebody else. Right? But uh, now you're looking at, I still think you're going to get a good draft. I think Grant said not too long ago that the difference between 17 and 29 really isn't that deep. No, right. It doesn't fall off. So you're like, so if you're not, if you're whoever you're picking at 17 could easily be picked at 29, right? That's how close the talent is in in that area. But if you go by the percentages, of first round picks that become stars or get games in the NHL, there's a big drop off from 17 
to above 25. Right. A 10% drop off. So do you play a lot? I don't think Montreal is planning on keeping their second pick in the first round anyway. I'm not saying they're going to trade it for anyone, but like if you're the other team, you're like, well, I had a 17th pick. Now it's 29, 30, 31, 32. Eh, what else you got? You know what I mean? Yeah. So. I mean, if you're trying to find a silver lining, that's what I did there. I mean, there's, there's a possibility there's a silver lining, but again, 17 is the better pick. Um, and when you're looking at, you know, the Canadians actually finding a silver lining, even though they didn't move up to get to one, staying at five is a big deal. Yes. It's it's massive for the Canadians to not drop down to six or seven because the odds were that they would. I mean, 44% chance that they were supposed to go to six and then almost 15% chance that they go to seven, which is the... the uh, Put together, that's that's almost that's fifty eight percent, fifty nine percent. Yeah, that's a lot. But and, 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 and for me, like when when you start talking about six seven, that's when it's that's when names come in from everywhere. When you bring yeah. in the the Bensons, Leonard's, Dvorskys, uh, uh, Reinbacher, those Mar- kind of guys, Mar- right? Right, all those guys come in into that into that conversation, as opposed to a top five that I think is set. In my opinion, yeah. I'm mean, in, in the end, like I say, I think Montreal needs an elite player, and if they're going to get one, this is the draft to get it. And yeah. this is why I'd go say back go to reiterate. This is why you don't pass up on Mitchkoff if he's there. Yeah, I'd say go for the BPA, which is going to be one of those top five guys. And I've got a poll out right now on on Twitter not including Fantilli and Bedard, obviously. Um, but I would say, I would say Carlson, Mishkov and um, Smith, you pick one of those three. If it happens that you can't do something like, you know, a la Kirby Doc, like you did last year and, 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 and flip that pick, you keep it. You, you, you either go for another BPA or you, you pick for need. And then perhaps let's say that pick 37, depending on who's available, say if a guy like Harabal is available or something like that, you go and you go and you fill another organizational need and you, t- you take the top rated, uh, you take one of the top rated dra- uh, goalies in the draft. Yeah. Right. Is that Moosehead goalie in this year's draft? No. Is he drafted already? Well, he is. He 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 wasn't drafted last year, so he's available. Um. <sighs> I don't know. I, I mean, you got Carlson, Mitchkov, Smith. I think the the ideal. Well, well I do believe that Carlson's going to go three. So I don't know. I think m- the hope is that Smith is the one. I think that would be the ideal. I think I think that, that, that that's the guy you're not pass- like the not they but the Canadians yeah. would not pass on. I, I think Smith will be there at five, and that's who I think they take. Right. With his history with uh, with with Kent Hughes, yeah. I think it makes sense. Yeah, that and he's got Jack Hughes' uh, level of production at the level he's at right now, uh, at the U.S. NTDP and the U18. Yeah, one hundred twenty-seven it, points. It's up in there. Yeah, games. exactly. Yeah. So, um, 
a year in Boston. I mean, this is a, these are guys that are not going to be coming right away to the NHL. And anyway. you're going to think these guys are all, a lot of these guys are going together. I think Leonard's going there. Moore, I believe is going there. I think Gabe Perot might be going there and Smith's going. So, there. Well, his whole line. So when Will was on the show, I, I, I mentioned that. So it's him, Leonard and, uh, and Perot. The, those yeah. three are all going to Boston college yeah. as a line. Yeah, <laughs> which is funny. Montreal's going to draft all three of them. They're going to make yeah. trades, and they're going to have the fifth, sixth, and seventh pick. Yeah, you imagine. Ideal. Yeah. Um, no, but I think that would be the the best outcome for the Canadians at five, is Moore's to get a player to, like that. Morris going to University of Minnesota. Yeah. Just looked it up. No. <laughs> and, and keep in mind, like I said, these guys are all going to be going back to college or going back to Europe or whatever it may be. Fantilli, Carlson, Smith, all of those yeah. guys are going to be going back. There's only uh, two guys are making Benson. the NHL. There's only two guys making the NHL this Bedard. year. They're locks. Bedard and Fantilli yeah. are the only two locks. Well, Fantilli could go back to college. Can't say it. Can't say it. You, you, you win the Hobie Baker Award, and you're already going to play the uh, the uh, WHF Worlds at Team Canada. I think I think you're going. Probably, but yeah. he could. He could. He could. Yeah. Um, so for the Mitchkov pick, I mean, the, the whole argument is that's going to take two to three years. Well, all these guys are going to take one or two. Yeah. So yep. you're not that much further ahead. Yeah, I agree. Time-wise. You're still looking at two to three years for any player you're picking besides Bedard. Uh, maybe yeah. Fantelli and may, and Fantelli might go earlier. Yeah. Um, but if you look at Montreal, so say, and I'm just going to stick with it. Say you take Mitchkov or it's Will Smith. Either or, it doesn't matter. Yep. They're going to come into the league the same time. Lane Hudson's going to come into the league. You know, the same time uh, Joshua Waugh and all those guys are going to be playing in Laval, right? They're going to start coming into the league. So your team, your new Caulfield and Suzuki are now the veterans, right? And then you have this new core that's going to come in now don't get me wrong i'm not saying wah and all these guys are going to be superstar hockey players let's see what they do in laval however if that that time, prospect wave timeline wide that's prospect waves what's going to start coming in and then you have riley kidney another guy that could start coming owen beck who'll probably maybe already in kind of in and out of montreal by that time but you know all these guys uh massar and yeah may you know all these guys are going to start weeding their way into the team. Brendan Gallagher will be on LTIR for the rest of his career just to, you know. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> it, it, no, it, honestly, that that is a possible outcome. So, I mean. Um, but Terry uh, Price will be a legend with the Arizona Coyotes by then. Yes, he will. Yes, he will. Um. So before we leave, like we'll just shut her down here. You know, it's getting late. People are getting tired of us. Uh, the show's running on. But before we go, uh, just one little fun thing. Is the draft rigged? I mean, Kevin Weeks announced the Columbus pick before the card was even shown. And I'm sure it has nothing to do with the fact that this draft, the uh, the actual draft lottery happened before. And he had the show notes in front of him already knowing who's going to win. I'm sure it had nothing to do with that, but it's clearly rigged. 
I, I kind of, I had to, I, I rewound it and I was like, did I miss something there? And I was like, no, he said it. He's at it. <laughs> I thought he did a fantastic uh, yeah. job. Though. He did a really good job hosting. Oh my God. Yeah. Kevin yeah. was amazing. Yeah. It, no, it's not rigged. Other than demonstrating it was rigged. The draft yeah. is as rigged as officiating against the Leafs. <laughs> Fucking rigged. Oh, and not with Wes McCauley. And did you know that Wes McCauley and Keith were involved in the Sheldon Kennedy thing and they hate each other? And yeah. uh, what's his name is married to one of their sisters or something. I and, will say this. I will say uh, this about McCauley. Um, I know, like, the fact that this guy's family received death threats. Um, that's that's fucked. That's that's a that's a whole other level of fucked. Like that. Let's ignore. Never, never get to that kind of. Never. Let's never ignore that, that in the regular season. Toronto was five zero and one when that's Wes right. McCauley was referee of their games. That's right. Maybe that's you should start looking at the fact that Mitch Marner, uh, Marner, Matthews, Tavares, and Nylander have one fucking point between the four of them in this series. Yeah. Let's let's look at that. Maybe right. that's why you're down three nothing. Right. Maybe it has that's nothing to do with Wes McCauley at all. Right. All officiating. Oh, it's bunting rigged. would have got three game suspension. Bunting also looks like he gets shot every time someone <laughs> skates by him. And then when there's no call, he decides to beat right the referee in front of everybody in the stadium. Right. And makes a big show about it. Yeah. This is why no one likes bunting. <laughs> so essentially, it's not rigged. I mean, even when they had the uh, the uh, remember during the um the during COVID when they did the uh, the draft lottery the with the Rangers with the balls, if you got to watch it, people still said it was rigged. It was weighted, it was a weighted ball. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that one ball for the Leafs Re- just took. Remember off when the Toronto Toronto's kind of went down and then popped right back up again, and then <laughs> yeah, they're weighted. Yeah, I don't know why they don't do that again. That I like used to like watching the ball. Thing. I used to like watching them with the balls. <laughs> Just right there in your face. Yeah. The balls are right in your face. They're bouncing. <laughs> and then one descends. <laughs> and you feel like I was back home in Sudbury watching bingo. <laughs> okay, let's Old wrap this up. Old lady, bingo! <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's wrap this up. There's too much ball. We'll wrap it up. <laughs> All right. So at the end of the day, the Canadians now hold five. Uh, Bedard is getting a... Uh, Sent to the Windy City, which blows. Um, and yeah, I know dad jokes, dad jokes galore. So is there any any final thoughts, Matt? Happy we stay in the top five. That's it. Trey. This management sucks. The rebuild is destroyed. Might as well not even watch any more games from now on can't believe goaltenders steal games what the hell is this management doing they should have traded everyone primo should have played every game end of rant we would have had bedard now we're just me we're going to be mediocre for the next 40 years okay or see something to i that. totally something see to that something to that something effect to that by effect. some guy on twitter who's not yet 20 Valid. Okay. Yeah. That's probably what's going to happen. Um, for me though, I want to, it's clearly not a rigged system because if it was, wouldn't you think Arizona would have won? 
or Toronto. They didn't. Or t- yeah. <laughs> so really the final thought for me is I just want to thank everybody who's tuned in, uh, who's kept uh, supporting us, kept sending us their comments, their emails, comments on uh, YouTube. Thanks, Beth. Um, and everybody else who's listening, uh, you guys help make us a little bit better, which is saying a lot because we all suck so bad, so bad, especially that Air Force type guy. Because the so. Air Force sucks. <laughs> But for everybody who's watching and listening, I want to thank you guys for for continuing to support us. I want to thank you for listening. And remember, if you're talking about it, so are we. I'm Matt Kundle, host of the Sound Off Podcast, the show about podcast and broadcast. Since 2016, we've been speaking with amazing people who have populated your ears for decades. Legendary broadcasters, research wizards, talent experts, podcasters, voice talent, almost 400 stories, all for free. Subscribe or follow the Sound Off Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at soundoffpodcast.com. I'm Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people. He, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. All, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all have. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from JeffWoodsRadio.com.